Welcome to Secret Lives of Expanders. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things outside the box. The idea is to introduce you to entrepreneurs, creators, and healers who have done really wild things. And today is no different. This episode, I interviewed Lucy Lampy. She's a mom of four, three times author, published in Huffington, Forbes, Entrepreneur, CBS, Fox. She's been everywhere. She has a variety of trainings in somatic experiencing, cognitive behavior therapy, hypnotherapy, Reiki counseling, EFT. I mean, this girl's done it all. And uh, she's got tons of powerful programs uh, for her clients and her members. That's all really impressive, but her wisdom, as I hope you get to experience in today's conversation, is just a whole nother level. Her and I chatted about our experiences in sort of over-expressing the masculine and shutting down the feminine as we do, female entrepreneurs. Her perspective on this was a big aha moment for me. I will let you just dive in yourself for that piece of wisdom and let me know what you think and your thoughts on social media or anywhere we're connected. And one of the principles that I personally teach inside of Elevate Club is this concept of making yourself whole by giving to you what you crave in your relationship. So uh, if you want words of affirmation, if that's one of your love languages like me, or maybe you want some sort of validation verbally or otherwise by um, giving that to yourself, you are no longer in a space of wanting it in a space of asking for it or needing it, which basically, at least energetically, it means that you are more likely to receive this. This, of course, applies to any other relationship as well. And if you're curious about Elevate Club and where I teach all of these principles, you can check it out. There's a link in here somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, but in case you're looking for it, E-L-I-V-A-T-E dot me. So that's Elevate dot me. Also, reach out to me as always and connect with me on social media. Tell me what you think about this episode. I always love it when you guys do that. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Secret Lives of Expanders and I am so excited because I have Lucy Lampy here. She's a mom of four and she's a trauma-informed sex and relationship coach. She's written many books. She um, is hosting tons of uh certifications and courses, um, which you can become familiar with on her website, which we'll put the link in here. Um, but I think it's important to know where I found her and how I brought her into here. And uh, really, it started with a podcast that I listened to of hers kind of talking about sensuality. That was really the beginning of everything for me. I had been digging like deeper into where I need to explore more of what are some parts of myself that are hidden, especially being like Middle Eastern, having those parts of myself being, you know, not so much expressed and or frowned upon, if anything. And uh, so I was on a journey. And so Lucy Lampy was one of the people that I came across in this particular journey. Really, her message resonated with me. And I, of course, stalked her everywhere and listened to every podcast and, you know, 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, which I recommend you do as well if this message resonates with you. Um, so thank you so much for um, coming on the show, Lucy. Thank you for having me here, Nona. It's just, I love exploring all these topics and having these conversations. It's just so nourishing. So important and so nourishing. Yeah. And so needed too. Um, I would love to kind of get a little bit of background on who Lucy Lampy is. Like, what is your story? You and I, I, I know bits and pieces of it, of course, but um, tell our audience, like, what's your story? What was like a monumental, pivotal moment in your life where sort of brought Lucy Lampy that I get to see today? Well, there have been some key catalysts. I think one that I have tended to share the most is um, there was this period of about two and a half years where Ryan, my my now ex-husband, um, went through depression and disability. And during that time, you know, having four young kids and our youngest was just was just being born. He was born in the middle in the midst of that, actually. Um, I developed an autoimmune disorder during that time as well while I was pregnant with him and it only got worse after. And so that was the big catalyst to get me to look deeper into what's going on. You know, why is my body attacking itself? Why is my, not why is my life falling apart, but what can I do? If I can't control the circumstances, how can I at least find a sense of peace and grounding and happiness and not just lose myself in it? So mm -hmm. I really got to the end of my rope and the final straw was me just feeling trapped in my body and the way that everything was swollen. And one day I woke up and I could barely see because my eyes were nearly swollen shut. And, um, and that was a big turning point. So I started to look for alternative healing modalities and things that would help me to connect with my body for the first time. I didn't, I started to learn about, you know, somatic um, experiencing and, and trauma healing and shadow work and inner child healing and all these different things that I had just had no idea because also I had grown up in a very uh, strict and conservative evangelical Christian home where all of these things were bad. They were witchcraft, they were new age, you know? So I, uh, at that point started to explore these different things and, and my life began to change. So um, through time, you know, we healed so much in our relationship. We, I healed so much in my own body, reconnected to my sexuality or really connected to it for the first time really in my life. And um, our kids began to heal in their own emotional journeys and, and go on their own spiritual journeys more consciously. Um, so all these, yeah, throughout those um, eight years, up until this point where we're, we're going our separate ways, um, we've really gotten deep. I got to go deep, deep into these wounds that I had not looked at or even known to look at. Okay. Um, so that was a big catalyst. Would you take me back to prior to all of this? So you basically you're describing you have three kids. Four. Four burnout. kids. Yes. So when the burnout happened or the burnout or the autoimmune happened, you said you were pregnant with your fourth one, right? So like, mm -hmm. should, I guess four kids. And um, what were you doing at the time? Like, how is your life not working out aside from obviously the, the physical symptoms that you were experiencing and also... Uh, you mentioned Ryan was also sick, right? Your um, yeah. then husband. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So at that point I had been, life looked like this. I had been an entrepreneur for about three, a little over three years. Wow. Um, so you know how that is just the stress of thinking, oh, now I'm going to be free and be my own boss and everything. But then 
yeah, anyone who's been on the entrepreneurship journey knows that it is not that linear and simple. Um, so there was all the stress of that. Ryan had, um, we had decided he was going to be the stay at home dad and I would just have more, you know, bandwidth, but it ended up not quite being that way. <laughs> but either way, there was just a lot of life stress and I didn't realize how much pressure I was putting on myself. Um, but I had always known to just keep powering through and not feel things I didn't know how to feel. I felt a lot of times disconnected from my emotions. Even in the happy times, I had a hard time feeling joy and feeling like um, I was actually in it, almost kind of dissociated. Um, so life felt very chaotic and very uh, disconnected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's very common. I know that that's those are things that I can also relate to. Common for entrepreneurs, common for dare I say women who get yes. into entrepreneurship because we get into our I I don't know, there's a balance, there's a fine line between the balance of the two and that's sort of actually like what I'm learning from you too and I've learned from other mentors. But um my story is in entrepreneurship is I just the grind and you you are told that you just push through and you do the things and and I did for a good chunk of time and then I burnt out in private practice and uh, part of part of that a big part of that was just being in my masculine at all times and pushing all of my feelings and emotions and I can't even say that to this day I have learned fully how to embrace my emotions when you tell people that you were disconnected from joy, I think if I heard that when I was in the midst of what I was going through, it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even understand it. I didn't even realize that I was doing that, that I was disconnected from all the good feelings, but I could probably tell you, yes, I do shove a whole bunch of things under the rug in terms of negative emotions. But I think it's very common for people that will, they're sort of afraid of feeling even the joyful days. So it sounds like you were fully embracing the masculine in those days, like all this responsibility. Yes. Uh, although I would say what I have discovered through going deeper into this work in myself is that it wasn't even so much that I was in my masculine. I was in a distorted perception of what, of that masculine energy, wow. um, more of the shadow side of it, which if if I had been really embodying my masculine, I would have been fiercely protective of my feminine space to just feel and express and be without an agenda, without pressure. But also that whole concept, this whole concept of inner harmony and inner polarity is for the two to work in harmony, not necessarily in balance, because mm. to this day, I like to have what feels really good to me is a life that's maybe 70 to 80% in my feminine flow and 20 to 30% in my masculine containment and structure and discipline. Because without that, my feminine doesn't have the space really to create what she wants to create and to express and be witnessed and just flow in her creativity. It would get very scattered. So that was the extremes that, that those were the extremes I experienced back then. I would get into these creative flows, but then I didn't know which thing to focus on. So I would actually just try to do them all. <laughs> and that's where the burnout would come from. And it did not work. 
So I started to do less and less and less and less. Actually, one of the books that early on uh, helped me a lot logistically was a 12 week year. Okay. I don't know if you've read, it's, it's basically taking each 12 week cycle and setting very simple, clear, few goals for yourself and yeah. then simplifying everything else. And I think that was the big, kind of like a bridge between self-help world and more going into the spiritual aspects of um, myself. I, I love, I'd never heard someone say it the way you said it, where if I was fully in my masculine, then I would have held space for my feminine part. Yeah. Like a safe space, like what the masculine does is to, to provide the safe space in which I can show up with my emotions with yes. as chaotic as they may be, or as all over the place as they may be. That's so cool. Thank you for that. That was yes. That was a big aha for me. I was like, oh my god, this is what I've. <laughs> this and is what's happening. Funny, yeah, because you know we're like linear. We're like okay, it, you're in the masculine or you're in the in the feminine or there's got to be some kind of harmony or some version of it. But you never think. Wait a second. First of all, I have access to both. I I, I express both, and then second. The feminine allows these things in me, the creativity, the giving birth to all the things that I want to do, whether it's projects or things, you know, or experiences even to, to manifest all of those. Things. And then the masculine holds space and keeps things organized. Like you really need yes. them. We all need both of them, no matter. Yes. Where. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So was there a, like, do you remember the moment in which you were like, I can no longer do what I'm doing. This path is no longer working for me and flipping into um, your healing journey beyond that. Well, the the biggest, the clearest moment of that was that morning that I woke up. It was the end of 2016. I woke up and my face was so swollen. My body was in such resistance that I could barely even see. And I had clients to meet with that day. And, um, and I showed up anyways. I said, I got to go. I got to go. I got to provide for the family. I can't do it. And um, and they said, should you be here right now? Shouldn't you be in the hospital or something? Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe we're on to something here. So uh, that was that was really the big turning point. Um, and, and I had to change some things from that point. Okay. And so, so what was the, what was the journey like after that? Did you have to, and, and what about your relationship then with Ryan? Like, was there a conversation then where it was like, okay, we're going to have to do things differently or what was that like? Well, at that point he didn't have the capacity to really talk about those things. He hadn't started yet to do, neither of us had really started to do the deeper work yet. I had been feeling drawn to it, but hadn't, but was still not sure which direction to go. And I still was very focused on my work, mm -hmm. right? So my work, I have to work. I don't have time to really feel things and, and learn these other things. But after that point, the, the, the simplest change that I made at that point was more, it was more mental and energetic. It was an energetic release of, okay, even though I have for the past over a year spent uh, extra resource, not extra resources, resources we didn't even have, right? Accumulated debt and however I could to see specialists and get medications and do the steroids and, and do all the different elimination diets. It still brought me to this point where this is what's happening in my body. I thought I can let go of that now. So there was no more of 
well, if I would have just, you know, done more bone broth or if I would have, but I just surrendered. And what I started to do was I had already been meditating every day, but with a different, I don't know, different energy. What I started to do was I, during those 20 minutes, I would sit down every morning. So that habit was already in place. This this was an easier shift to make. Um, I sat down every morning and I envisioned um, all of the inflamed cells in my body as if they were red. And then I imagined sending this loving energy to my cells and them turning blue. And I did that every day for six weeks. And that was the point where I no longer had that autoimmune disorder and I haven't since. So it's a really like some Joe Dispenza kind of stuff, which I it later got into and began to learn the, the, the miracle and slash science of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, once I was no longer in immediate threat response, trying to, you know, get my body to, to calm down, I had enough capacity in my nervous system to begin adding other things and learning more things like Joe Dispenza's work, um, getting into more movement, more free flowing, learning about somatic uh, release. So it was all one step at a time. One step at a time. And so prior to that, when you said you had clients, were you coaching? Yeah. So I was doing an integrative life and fitness coaching. That's okay. that's the kind of coaching I've been doing. Always been in the coaching uh, sort of space, if you would. Yeah, in some capacity. I always felt drawn to working with people. That and entertainment. So music. I saw that. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and so how, what's your journey been like since then? And, uh, and then also if you want to share about your journey and your relationship too, is because yeah. I do believe from what I understood that Ryan kind of came along in that journey and, you know, and, uh, you guys grew together. And so, yeah, t- tell us about that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Let's see what I can, the, the condensed version. Um, so another big leap for me was right before, so in 2019, I decided I, you know what, I need a break from coaching. I just need, I just don't want to help people anymore. Damn it. I just want to do my own thing. And I needed that. I needed that little liminal space. So what I did for that full year was I fully immersed myself in becoming, figuring out who I was as an artist. And so I, I just wrote music. I released my first full album at that point. Um, started performing and and going to events and and award shows and everything again. And then um, at the beginning of 2020, I started to learn pole dancing because I had this vision for a music video that I would be competent enough, you know, to be on a pole for this part of the video. Little did I know it would become such a big part of my life and I would fall in love with it and it would be so empowering and freeing. But that was what got me into that. And then COVID happens everything locks down. So here I am with my pole in my house, dancing every single day, discovering these different aspects of my sensual expression and my eroticism and, and beginning to untangle more of these beliefs that, um, you know, to be erotic is to be sexual and just really seeing the erotic as something so much bigger. And also during that time, I began to feel more drawn to, um, more ritualizing things in the morning instead of having this morning routine where I was so disciplined or I would go to the gym at four in the morning because I couldn't anymore at that point anyway and I had my pole and that was all consuming my physical strength anyway I began to look more to how I could make these sacred rituals and I felt drawn to more of this like my dark feminine 
more of my inner medicine woman, my inner witch. And I also started doing a daily self-pleasure practice because I I received this message in one of my morning rituals uh, from source telling me you need to masturbate every day. And I was like, what? I don't even, I don't like touching myself. I'm not one of those women. Sex is already, you know, I have to kind of work myself up to, to, to want it. And then it's good. And I'm glad I did it, you know, like going to the gym, but yeah. I don't want to do that. And, but I devoted myself and that is the practice single-handedly that changed my life the most. I still do it to this day. It's been what, over four years. But, so um, wait, hold on. There's a lot to serve. There's a lot. Okay. First things first, when you say, um, okay, a couple of things. One is the transition between like, I'm doing this, I'm going to take a whole year off to do that. And then I'm going to, then you'd gotten into pole dancing and, and all the, the, the other stuff that came with it. What was that like? What was the inner voice like as you are making these transitions that of course, maybe they feel the next natural step to take, but did you have to have an evolution with the voice in your head of in the direction that you were going? Oh, um, kind of. I just had to be more open to it. Okay. It, it felt like the same deep in, in my body wisdom that okay. I had been listening to since I was a child. And I've always trusted that. The okay. only times that I feel I have felt I've wavered is where I've uh, mistaken my fear as that voice. And okay. so through this time, I felt like, yeah, there was always an edge that I was coming to. And that began to feel, I, I, but I felt so supported. I felt so supported by the universe. Like, yeah, this is it. Yes, yes. I would feel it in my body. I would feel the yes so strongly that any kind of um, <laughs> fear or thought of, oh my God, what are people going to think? Right. Was, so, so much smaller than the yes. That has always kept me going. Okay. Okay. Got it. So you were just really responding to the voices that you had been hearing already innately anyway. Yeah. So yeah. You, so just feeling like deep small. in my womb is where I feel it. That's the center of it. And later learning about human design and different things in my charts, it, it, it's confirmed Thanks. that <laughs> it's really interesting. Okay, cool. And um, tell, so the rituals that you are describing that you would do in the mornings, the secret rituals, would you share? Um, did you just like one day wake up and like, what was that like? You're like, wake up, I'm going to yeah. build one out and today I'm going to do this. And then you did. Was it? Yeah. Tell me about that. There have been so many different versions and iterations of rituals that I could not even possibly be begin describing. But in an if I had to, at that time, what I felt drawn to was instead of just meditating in stillness, I would begin to work more with the energy. So I started to notice where in my body I felt the energy most anxious or tense or in knots or where it felt more vibrant, more alive, where it felt like it wasn't quite going through. And that, that led me to learn more about Reiki and energy healing. And I learned how to do that with myself. Um, and so I would do that with myself every day. And I still work with my energy every day. I still do this, but I started to feel it more palpably in my body. And that was really cool. And then I started to channel that energy and those intentions and that love into different things. Um, whether it was something that I, a project I was working on, because eventually I did feel drawn back into 
the coaching world, but in a whole different way. And it scared the shit out of me because I said, I don't know who's doing anything remotely close to this, except for maybe Layla Martin at the time, you know, and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just following the downloads. I'm getting through my pussy. You know, it's, that's literally yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, but I would let that be my guide. It's okay. If you need to work, I would feel drawn to work with the energy of Kali or Lilith or the mother, this divine mother. And I got to know very intimately these different parts of myself through that. And sometimes it would involve a bunch of candles or 13 or one or sitting in the middle of the night, just listening to rock female singers and tapping into this really dense energy and then learning how to be comfortable in that instead of afraid and then learning how to bring in the light. Like there are also so many things that I have learned about my ancestry and my, um, and past lives and things like this, where I have uh, a strong shamanic, you know, um, past and that began to awaken. Um, so I, it really was a, an intuitive journey. Mm-hmm. And then if I felt drawn to learning this tool or that tool, I would, I would go do that. That's awesome. And so what did Ryan think as you are going through? And- <laughs> he was, he was a little scared. He didn't, he didn't withhold his feelings. He thought, I don't know what kind of stuff you're getting into, but I'm a little bit nervous, but he trusted it. He yeah. felt that it was good. Yeah. And over time, you know, he started to go on his own journey. I actually found a, um, I had found a, back in 2017, a small, a community that yeah. it was entrepreneurs and they were very emotionally connected and just passionate, but they weren't churchy which was a big draw for me because I'd never seen that outside of a church environment. And that was the first time ever in my life that I experienced being in a room full of people that were just holding space for me in my full emotional range. And that changed me. I went back home and Ryan saw that it was not just a high from a workshop. It was, it was real. And within about nine months, yeah, about nine months, he went to his first training and he started to unlock all these emotions and trauma in his body. And so that was when we started to really grow more parallel to each other was in very beginning of, of 2018. Um, yeah, there are so many different parts to this journey. So whatever you want to go deeper into. <laughs> so um, two things, maybe if we have time to cover one is like, um, I know that your relationship with Ryan, like obviously you're kind of going through, you're so good about being vulnerable and open. I so appreciate that because I remember listening and this was a while ago, listening to one of your episodes and you shared about your, you know, what you went through in terms of your health and everything else and what you were going through at the time with Ryan. And it just resonated so well and it landed so well. And I think it's so relatable, so relatable. Um, people that are watching this or listening to this, they might not have a, 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 a pole in their living room. They might not have their rituals, but I think the emotions that you've gone through in the healing journey is healing for other people to to hear as well. So I totally appreciate that. Um, so as, as, yeah, tell me about your relationship, how that unfolded. I know you guys are going through some changes now, but how that's yes. proceeded since then. Well, over time, so we both got into this very deep, you know, personal development, personal healing, trauma, healing, you know, think hashtag healing journey. It was that whole world, 
you know, of, of um, inner child and shadow work and awareness and where are we out of integrity with ourselves? We had yet to really bring the and integrate into the whole thing, really, the spiritual aspect. I had really started to do that, you know, in my practices and rituals. But I would say that I really reconnected with my sexuality and my erotic aliveness before I was ready to deconstruct my faith and figure out, you know, what is real to me, what is true to me, because I always felt this presence since I was a child, and I knew that that was real. I knew that I was a part of it, but nothing that I had learned had made sense. Everything, this whole message of love was always based in fear, and it never, I never understood that. So I, that was the last, that kind of like the last piece, you know, um, and I, as I started to awaken that, there was something also being awakened in Ryan, and he was finding different connections through yoga um, and through going deeper into the trauma healing work. Um, coaching men, working with men, men's groups. Um, and then we discovered plant medicine. So this was kind of a double-edged sword, right? This is kind of where things went, where the, the, the current, everything that led to the unraveling kind of began. Um, and without getting into too many details, of course, about mental health and things like this, but there was that involved. Um, that over the past about two and a half years, that really catapulted us into a whole new depth of growth and awareness and spiritual gifts and all of this. Um, and also through that, he just felt more and more drawn to go deeper and deeper and deeper. So kind of the point that we reached, um, he, he had a whole period of time of months and months and months where he did a lot, a lot of plant medicine. And during that time, we continued to have our conversations. So I'm in this reality. He's kind of over here in this reality, right? And, and I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm getting these downloads and I'm figuring out how to apply these concepts of forgiveness and love and truth and spirit into my life because I'm still working this whole time, right? I'm the one that's like bringing the, the work into the world and to our kids. And so this, is, this was a really powerful time for me to really get these lessons. Um, and then he was done with that. And then he was all of, all of last year, he was... Um, none of the plant medicines just really trying to get into this reality and ground in and, but there was just something always kind of pulling him back. That's I've learned is just a part of his journey, um, part of his design. So it just came to a point where, and with peace and with honor and with respect and with so much love, we could see that there, we, I couldn't follow him where he, where he needed to go. So that, that was where on January 1st, actually of, this year, the very first day of the year, uh, right before the big Aquarius shift, Pluto shifting to Aquarius, we felt that strongly. And for anyone who knows about astrology, when you have zero degree placements in Aquarius or Leo, which he does in his sixth and 12th house, it's going to, you're just, you feel that intensity. And if you're not really, really grounded into this already, then there's just no, nobody can bring you back. So this has really called me to do a lot of self-forgiveness of any little, even little, little, um, little seeds of blame or self-doubt. And also because my father, completely different context and level of awareness, but my own father, when I was 14, when my parents got divorced, he went straight to an institution. So mm -hmm. it was almost like, of course, you're drawn to someone who's as extreme as the person that you grew up experiencing every day. 
But also I believe there's a very deeply spiritual karmic aspect to it that we're meant to learn how to really find um, our wholeness within that. Because if I had not experienced these past two and a half years with the context that we have had, I wouldn't have gotten to ground in things like my masculine creating wow. containment for my feminine. He was not creating that for me in the, at the degree that as a typical woman, I would say, I need this. Right. I learned directly from source how to do that. And so much so that I could bring that sense of safety and love and open heartedness mm-hmm. to our relationship mm-hmm. and experience the passion and the, the, the trust that we had, um, that we have had. So, um, yeah, there's just so much there. Um, but ultimately I think with all of this, it's trusting that whatever is coming up in your life yeah. is there to serve you and mm-hmm. not to, not to destroy you. I felt like the whole rug was pulled from under me because I had this whole vision of us bringing this vision of sacred union to the world. And the universe said, no, actually, this is when you get to learn how to be sovereign in a new, in a whole new level. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, you know, I kind of watched that on the tiny bit of it unfold, obviously on social media and uh, you've been very raw and vulnerable. And so I encourage people to go and check out on your, you, you on Instagram or any other platforms you might be. I know I'm, I'm following you on Instagram. But one thing I noticed was how many people, I think maybe the first few posts or maybe one, I don't remember that you posted about your journey or your, the decision that you guys had made. There was so much love poured into you and your decision from people that you probably you barely know and then of course there are as there are always there there's the voices that are you know representative of the of the part of uh consciousness that uh perhaps um may not understand what you were going through or they're disappointed quote unquote of where yes. your journey is going what, how did you deal with that internally? Was that painful or was it just like, I mean, I, I can imagine it go either way, like either really painful and or and maybe painful and then transitioning into, you know what? No, this is, I'm really certain in this, which I know you are. And uh, this is all good. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. You know, I took that whole first week, the entire first week to not even talk about any of it because I knew, again, there's that inner green light that I wait to respond to. Mm -hmm. There's something that is communicating with me always. And it said, it's not time. And I'm used to sharing things pretty in real time, right? Pretty much in real time. But I felt very strongly. I, I cannot, I did not have the, um, the mental under just understanding the grounding to even articulate the thoughts yet. Um, I felt physically disoriented. I was dizzy. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. So I know that part of nourishing myself and showing up in integrity is not about showing people everything at the moment that it's happening all the time, but about really prioritizing what it is that I need to feel, you know, grounded and at peace. I don't want to share messages from a place of fear and scarcity and lack and worry. I work through that process behind the scene. I do not um, bypass it. I do not pretend like it doesn't happen. I work through it. And that's a process of alchemy. So I had a lot of feelings to feel before I could even share that first post that you saw. And um, 
I know that in typical style of how the universal laws work, my biggest fears of how people will perceive me, someone will inevitably say it. So I took each of those opportunities as a as an invitation to forgive another part of myself or to release something else or just to, to take that energy and transform it into something that I could use. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I know that it triggered a lot of people's abandonment wounds because they thought, mm -hmm. oh no, if I, even her who yeah. has done all this work, who has this life, this body, these skills, this embodiment, and she can't even have love forever. And it's no, it's not about the relationship lasting forever. The love is always real. The love was real. And because that love is so honored and so we're devoted to it, that means that sometimes it has to change form. The relationship has to change form to keep honoring that love. And a lot of people wanted to find a villain. So mm -hmm. um, that was, yeah, just something really in that first week, especially that I, I navigated in yeah. the midst of its overwhelming positive encouragement responses as well, which is just a lot of energy to receive. And I had to make sure that I was um, ready for that. Yeah. And I think that's what makes you such a great teacher, mentor, coach, um, because you, you know, one, you live it Two, you're integrating and understanding what's going on prior to bringing it out you know, into, uh, into the public. Now, speaking of you being such a great teacher and mentor, um, what are some ways that people can work with you? I know you have workshops coming up. Uh, you have a whole series of things that you offer. Do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching? Yeah, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and what would be the, some ways that they could work with you. Yeah. So very, um, right now my website will have all of the current offerings. Um, so that would be the easiest place to go to lucylampy.com. Uh, but in a nutshell, um, I do offer coaching. I work with couples. I'm still working with couples. And so it's, I think some people are asking, oh, are you still, are you still helping couples or now that you're not in a relationship? No, this is, this continues. This is my life's work. So I, I work with couples and individuals in coaching. Um, and I also have, I'm about to launch my 21st course. So all of the courses I started to create years ago to be able to streamline the teachings because it's just way too much and maybe someone wants to learn more about um, conscious self-pleasure and sexual healing and someone to learn more about inner child healing or how to repair through conflict or how to do more erotic play with your partner um and the newest course that's it's launching is wildly sovereign and it's all about wild uh sovereign feminine embodiment which is integrating the dark and the light and the inner masculine as well so, um, yeah, so website for all of the current uh, good goodies. Amazing. Thank you. Well, I know I will definitely either take a course or reach out to you for private coaching one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Thank you so much for um, coming on the show with me. Super appreciative of you giving my, giving you, uh, giving me time with four kids and all these other things and especially what you're going through too. So I appreciate you, Lucy. Thank you. I appreciate you. This is actually my first podcast in since before the holidays because I took all this time off. Um, so thank you for being, being the one <laughs> repopping my chair. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm honored. Thank you so much. Well, I felt connected to your message and I just felt like I felt drawn to share what you were teaching to my audience. That's really what it was. And I reached out and, and here we are. So I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Nona.
Thank you everyone for listening or watching to this episode of um, Secret Lives of Expanders and tune in for the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.